Welcome to PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Soboleski. Your time is valuable and so is mine, and that's why I am recording these brief episodes. And this one is focused on chickenpox, aka a primary infection with the varicella zoster virus. Varicella zoster belongs to the herpes virus family, and it's in the same subfamily as herpes simplex virus, so you can kind of think of them as cousins. These viruses lay dormant in your nervous system, and then they become active during periods of stress. Now, some of the listeners to this podcast episode had chickenpox when they were a kid. Many of you did not, because after widespread vaccination, the rates of disease in the United States have drastically reduced. So in the early 90s, there were more than 4 million cases a year, including up to 150 deaths per year. In 2012, after the two-dose regimen was introduced, there have been greater than 90% case reduction and a 90% decrease in deaths as well. So not all countries vaccinate uniformly, and some people choose not to be vaccinated. And so you still may see chickenpox, or you might see patients and families that are worried about chickenpox due to a related rash. Know that varicella infections are highly contagious, and they can cause pandemics, and they're spread by droplets. We've learned a little bit about that over the past couple of years here. You can also get illness through direct contact with active skin lesions. It's important to note that you're infected about two weeks before symptoms show up in chickenpox. So the viral prodrome, which developed before the rash, includes things such as high fever, malaise, decreased appetite, nausea, and headaches. And these are more mild in young children. It might just seem like any other flu-like illness or COVID right now. In adolescents and adults or people with immunodeficiencies, they can have much more significant prodrome symptoms. Then after the prodrome starts, within about a week you will develop the classic rash. Go ahead and Google it if you've never seen it. Dew drops on a rose petal. There's no more poetic description of a childhood rash, I believe. You're maximally contagious for about one to two days before the onset of the rash. And then after the rash scabs over and resolves, you are not as contagious. What about the rash? Well, I've already described it, dew drops on a rose petal. It occurs most prominently on the trunk, but it spreads to the arms, neck, and face. It's less dense on the periphery. The rash initially looks macular, but within about a day or so, they become vesicular, eventually look a little pustular, then rupture and crust and scab over. These lesions develop in different crops or stages. And unless the lesions get super infected, they generally heal without scarring, which takes about one to two weeks. In most patients, new vesicle formation stops by about four days after the initial appearance, and most lesions have fully crusted over by about day six. About one in five kids that only get one dose as opposed to the two recommended doses of varicella vaccine could get a varicella infection, kind of a breakthrough disease. Lesions are different, more likely to be maculopapular. The disease is mild, and the risk of complications is rare. So there are some complications that you should be aware of. Unfortunately, they're rare in healthy young children. You'll see them more often in infants and teens and adults. So bacterial superinfection of the pustules. This is with skin surface bacteria, pneumonia, otitis media, encephalitis or cerebellar ataxia, acute hepatitis, 
hemorrhagic nephritis, or even myocarditis. Someone who is pregnant gets chickenpox in their first or second trimester, you can have a baby with congenital varicella. They can have skin scars, ocular defects, neurologic abnormalities, and hypoplastic limbs, and this may lead to miscarriage. After the fifth or sixth months of gestation, the mother is infected. The patient can have an asymptomatic chickenpox infection with early development of herpes zoster. A maternal infection five days before or two days after delivery can lead to severe newborn varicella with a very high mortality rate, like one in three. All right, let's talk about treatment. Well, in general, it's mostly supportive. If they're itchy, you can use topical lotions, that classic calamine lotion and oatmeal bath. Educate patients and families on trying to avoid scratching and preventing super infection. Patients with higher risk for complications, like teenagers or kids that are immunosuppressed, you can use acyclovir, valacyclovir, famcyclovir. Um, immunotherapy is used for high-risk patients newborns with maternal varicella that develop in that initial time period, preemies, somebody who's hospitalized, somebody who's immunocompromised, you can use an anti-varicella immunoglobulin. In general, most patients will get better on their own. And keep encouraging vaccination against varicella. Mortality and disease incidents have dropped dramatically since we introduced vaccines. It's still around, though, so it can definitely show up in your ED or office. Now, you may be wondering why I have not yet mentioned monkeypox. Well, here we are. Let's talk about monkeypox. Yes, it is a current factor. You may have learned that monkeypox is primarily occurring in men who have sex with men, but outbreaks have been seen in different patient populations and in some children as well. And frankly, there are many people who are not vaccinated against chickenpox out there, and so it can be hard to differentiate. And you may have a patient who's worried about monkeypox, and it may be chickenpox, or vice versa. So there's a couple little cues. Chickenpox, these lesions are very thin-walled, and they're fragile. The fluid, even though I mentioned it's a little bit cloudy and postular, it's generally clear. The lesions in monkeypox are deep, firm, and rubbery. They're stable. They don't rupture as easily. And then monkeypox lesions also tend to change over time. They can kind of umbilicate, and it can take a lot longer for them to resolve completely, maybe two to four weeks, as opposed to the few days of chickenpox. But that being said, they can look similar. And so if you're concerned or a patient's at risk, ask for help. All right, so that's all that I've got in this brief episode. Remember, vaccination against varicella is tremendous and it should be and widely practiced. Most patients with chickenpox have mild symptoms. It is very contagious and you should definitely ask about close contacts that are immunosuppressed or have high-risk comorbidities. And yes, you may see a patient who is confused as to whether or not it could be chickenpox or monkeypox. Given the current state, I would follow your local infectious disease guidelines, and when in doubt, consider testing, knowing that getting viral testing, like PCR, from a lesion is the preferred method in otherwise healthy patients. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback, send it my way. Email, comment on the blog, review on the podcast, direct message on Twitter, dad joke, any of it. I would love to hear it. And if you have topic suggestions for additional episodes, send them my way as well. For Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast, this has been Brad Soboleski. See you next time.